Hey, Valley fans, you're listening to the March to the Arch podcast. Is your team going to win? Make some noise! This is the March to the Arch podcast, your place for Missouri Valley Conference news, talk, and takes. Welcome to episode 19 of the March to the Arch podcast in this 2020-2021 Missouri Valley Conference season. On today's episode, we are excited to talk about a nationally ranked top 25 Drake Bulldogs. We're going to talk about the games of this past weekend, and we're going to preview this upcoming weekend. But first, how are we doing today, Baker? Super Bowl week, fans. Sure is. Do you know who's playing? Baker, you, you act like I'm not a sports fan. Um, I am going to watch the Super Bowl. I'm I know you're a sports fan, but like I know you're not sitting there file. You're not sitting there following the NFL all the time. I'm not. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm. I think are going to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. Do you feel confident about that? Yeah, very much so. I mean, I know it's freaking touchdown, Tommy. Um, it's hard to go against Tom Brady in a Super Bowl, but Patrick Mahomes is very good. Yeah, no, I'm taking Mahomes and the Chiefs as well. I think the spreads right now three. Um, got to got to got to feel a little Valley tie-in with uh, Mitch Holtis, the uh, oh, one of the voices in the Missouri Valley, getting to call another Super Bowl in a row. So shout out to him. I still I still always anytime we're listening to Mitch call Valley game, still get that. Uh, that excitement every time he calls us the Renaissance Conference. It's just it all. It just feels like home, you know. Calling absolutely. Games. But um, no, I, I'm picking the Chiefs too. Do you bet any of the uh, props or anything like that? Do you um, get any of that? I don't. I might closer to just uh, as I watch the game if I want something to just kind of keep more engaged and um, you know maybe if I'm in a little bit of a food coma after eating a pound of buffalo chicken dip, which is my go-to uh, Super Bowl snack. Um, what's your What's your Super Bowl snack? So we're doing the homemade pizza. Uh, shout out to my mom, her, her homemade recipe for uh, the homemade pizza. We're doing that. And I was just asking my wife today about if we're going to do some kind of dip or something like that and just, you know, hang out with the kids and watch the game. No, that'd be fun. So, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm in a couple squares boards, so um, I'll, I'll see what numbers I have a little bit closer to the game day. But that's about all I get into um, with the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, we'll see. It's funny. My wife came home and she's like, She's like, yeah, I got a got a couple of those square boards. I was like, I was like, oh yeah, really? She's like, yeah, I, I gave him twenty. I don't know how many I got. I don't know what it's about, but um, I'll tell you on like the, the day before the game. I was like, great, way to go. Um, you hope for zeros and sevens. That's all you care about. Zeros and sevens, no doubt about it. Um, a little another side note in the sports world. Um, pretty big elephant in the room for you and I. Um, one of us being a Cardinals fan, one of us being a Rockies fan. Um. You just took our one of our best players of all time as a Colorado Rocky. Nolan Arenado is now a St. Louis Cardinal. Um, he is your starting third. He, he's just a new starting third baseman, and uh, he's. I mean, I would say arguably the, probably the second best Rocky of all time. Um, probably almost he's borderline already a Hall of Famer. Eight Gold Gloves. I mean, you should be excited. Better than first baseman Todd Elton. No. That, is that Todd your number Helton, one? Todd Helton, is that your number Todd one? Helton would be, yeah, Todd Helton would be number one. Um, okay, all right. And, no. and, I mean, longevity goes a little bit into that. 17 years at first base, that's tough to, tough to top. But 
it's a really sh- it's a real shame out there and i'm sure there's a lot of cardinals fans out there listening so uh yeah very yeah, exciting you know it's very er- uncharacteristic of the cardinals to go after that like um the big name big money contract uh not really in our dna so i know there's a lot of uh cardinals fans that are excited about that and hey i just hope i get the chance to go on to st louis for a game and go to bush stadium no doubt no doubt and it's nice uh nice to start to see that things are opening up with like the blues and things like that so i i mean i'm I'm really disappointed in Nolan's playing for the Cardinals, but at least he's going to a competent organization. Um, another piece of news that I don't know how this affects you because I know you're not a huge gamer, but I'm going to bring it up here because um, it's a big deal for me, and I know a lot of other fans out there, Valley fans it is. Um, college football video games are back. Um, I'm. This is a big deal. I, I saw that. Um, I – I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Um, just being a mid-major podcast, mid-major um, uh, just fan in general because of the whole name and likeness thing from the NCAA. Um, not that that's not a good thing for the for the student athletes. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm not going down that path. But I'm, from a gamer, I'm sure people are excited. I, I am not a gamer. I don't have a console of any um, um, uh, type. But I remember playing NCAA football uh, growing up. Uh, I was, for some reason, a Texas Longhorns fan. So I always liked Benny, the, the little Longhorn mascot. I don't know why, but that's, that was always my franchise or whatever it was called. Um, but, yeah, no, excited for you guys. So it, it's in, uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of Valley fans out there because I, if you just stuck with video games a little later, once we got into college basketball kind of around high school time, that's when the Valley schools actually made their way onto these games. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I remember back in the day just playing, I, and I was talking to some of the people on Twitter, and it's like, we were, like, all thinking, we were the only ones at our school, Valley fan, you know how it is, but we were the only ones playing these games as, like, Illinois State. Like, a lot of my friends back home would be, like, Duke, Michigan State, and we'd have, like, these leagues, and then I'd be randomly be Illinois State, or I'd randomly <laughs> be Drake, and just be, like, I'd be that one Valley school. So, it'd be kind of a, be kind of a weird outlier. But I, I think it's really cool. It's, I, I, I don't know, like, what push over the top I and I I'm not a big barstool guy but like big cat doing his um college football thing where he's playing that video game I, I'm I can't can't think that that didn't help get the word out that people like really still love these games and it's like I feel like EA Sports maybe saw that and was like wow that's like because yeah. a lot because I don't know I, I'm like you follow that more than I do a little bit but I, I a lot of people paid attention to it like I even buddies of ours were texting me like oh did you see big cat playing his game and I was like people are really watching this but apparently like it was this huge thing I yeah I mean it, so. tens of thousands of people were watching a grown man play <laughs> NCAA like whatever 2000 I don't even know what year but he's got a ton of followers yeah I mean like people he tweets about NCAA 14 so yeah 14 thank you um so uh, shout out to him yeah for you know getting the word out like yeah, i'm sure he's <laughs> diving into missouri valley conference too, you know <laughs> catching us on uh you know his uh commute into the office uh, <laughs> hey you never know you never know um he's from the midwest right sure i mean he's yeah. a chicago guy yeah. yeah see there you go he's down in loyola hoops yeah usually oh. it's uh making fun of sister Jean is the the gist of the valley gets um it gets commented from them but hey fair enough fair enough well <laughs> hey it's hey, a, let's it dive in some week. valley hoots though i'm excited to just uh i mean we've had we're gonna have we, we have drake in the top 25 at number 25 so uh let's uh let's get into some valley talk let's do it all right valley fans as we proceeded in the opening Guys, we have a top 25 
Missouri Valley Conference team. At number 25, the Drake Bulldogs are now on the board. Even more so, I mean, Loyola is sitting there at technically 28 when it comes to the Valley votes. Um, Baker, you know, is not surprising to me, but I just kind of forgot. This is and also kind of bummer as a Valley fan. This is the first time we've been in the top 25, and I say we, the Missouri Valley Conference, um, since Loyola's Final Four run. Um, that was the last time we have a team in the AP Top 25. So kind of a milestone week for the Valley. We, we, I think it's a little late, to be honest. I think Drake and or Loyola should have been sniffing it way sooner and mm-hmm. cracked it. Um, but, you know, the Power Five is the Power Five. Um, but, I mean, Drake is one of three unbeatens, Gonzaga um, and Baylor and Drake. I mean, got to be top 25 at 13-0. and 0. Isn't it cool that we're this we're in February and we're in that conversation with the top two teams in the country as okay, hey, there's three undefeated teams and every single time you see that graphic, you always still see the Drake Bulldog. Um, long overdue. They should have been ranked a few weeks ago. Um, as as should Loyola. I mean, if you look at Loyola, like if you look at the BPI and things like that, like I think Loyola is like 14th in the country. Like they're yep. playing just an insane level. Um, I was just pulling up, uh, as you were talking there, I was just pulling up uh, Joe Lenardi's Bracketology, which is, um, I mean, it's one of the Bracketologies, one of the more well-known ones. He's got Drake as an 8 and uh, Loyal as a 10, and they're not, neither teams in like the last four in, I mean, pretty solidly in. It's uh, it's a good spot for both those teams, and I think that, you know, obviously we'll talk through the podcast, we'll talk through the margin of error, but um, like you said, historic deal for them to be in the top 25. Um, it's been a minute, so it's fun. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think we've we've all known as Valley fans, it's been a down couple of years. We've kind of known we're a one bid league, and I think the tide is turning, and we have two teams there now. Is the two teams we thought at the preseason? No, but it's two teams nonetheless, and it's just crazy to think what could be um, if you know we had a full strength Northern Iowa there, which I think is an interesting uh, kind of counterpoint there. But regardless, I'm ecstatic to see the Drake Bulldogs at number 25. I think they're only going to rise um, and I would love to see two Missouri Valley top 25 teams when they meet um, here in a couple weeks so let's move on to the newcomers and the player of the week so player of the week this week was Cameron Crutwig out of Loyola um, I mean Loyola just went to Missouri State and just dominated um, we're going to talk about it here shortly um, Crutwood was instrumental in that and really just kind of solidified the separation from one and two to the rest of the field, in my opinion, and we'll get into it. And then also, um, you know, a big man that we're going to talk about big man a little bit later um, when we talk power rankings, um, conference standings, or we're going to talk about big men in the Valley. I'm here a little bit later, but uh, Darnell Brody, uh, I may have given up a little bit too much where my head's at on big men. Uh, he was the newcomer of the week, uh, the 6'10", 275 junior uh, for the Drake Bulldogs. Um, he had two double-doubles uh, this week, um, was instrumental in um, the sweep of Illinois State, and just kind of keep, like keeping them around in that first game. So, uh, John Brody, Newcomer of the Week, and Cameron Crutwig, the Player of the Week. Anything to add, Baker? Nope, great week by both. All right, Valley fans, let's get into games from this past week. This will be games from January 28th, starting on Thursday uh, through Monday, February 1st. So let's get going on Thursday. So we had a double overtime thriller uh, at Valparaiso at the Arc. 
um, which is also the Athletics Recreation Center, where the Bradley Braves went on the road in a double overtime loss to the Crusaders, 91-85. to uh, Bradley led for most of the first half and was up as much as 14 up until about the final media timeout of that first half. Uh, leading up to halftime, it was a strong showing by the freshman Crusaders who went on a run and cut that deficit to three before they headed into the locker room. In the second half, Valparaiso came out and took their first lead of the game in the first minute. Bradley couldn't score for the first three minutes of the second half, um, and Valpo pretty much held them uh, scoreless with some mean D. It was a, um, a game of runs with Valpo getting the lead to nine, and then Bradley went on a seven-point run to trail by two halfway through the second half. Um, very interesting end of that first or of the second half of uh, the double technical on uh, Childs and Clay, which uh, let free throw specialist Stephen Helm uh, come in for the Crusaders and shoot the free throws. Uh, Clay fouled out and uh, Sheldon Edwards uh, for the Crusaders said, you know what, I got us. And he put the Crusaders on his back in the first overtime. Cricky hit a few huge shots and a free throw to put Valpo up to then a Hail Mary pass from Rince Mast to Elijah Childs. And he did like a turnaround bank off the glass, kind of fade away a little bit um, to send the game into second OT. In the second overtime, Edwards and Barrett came out and hit threes to get Valpo up by six. And then Bradley just couldn't surmount that lead um, and get it within striking distance. Great back and forth game. Um, we probably need to get into the second game or sorry, not the second game, but kind of need to get into uh, this was an interesting one for a standings perspective. Um, so just for Valparaiso, Edwards had 18, Cricky had 18 for Bradley, uh, Childs had 27 and Nolan Jr. had 20. Yeah. Um, it's a bad loss for Bradley. Um, it's, uh, it's going to be a theme on this podcast is, uh, what's wrong with Bradley. But, uh, if you told Valpo that Cricky and Clay were going to both foul out and you were going to win the game, I think they would wonder how. Yep. Um, Edwards had the game of his life. I mean, if you look at his games this year, um, it's he's he's not a scoring machine by any stretch. But um, in in double overtime, just uh, they got the hand. I mean, even uh, I was watching uh, Scott Van Pelt. He was giving him some love the other night for uh, having such a great game. Um, that shot that Childs hit to send it to, I think it was to send it to double overtime, was just it was awesome. Yeah. The bank shot just off the side, like, I mean it. It was just like the perfect pass to him. And I couldn't he believe he caught it. I couldn't believe Valpo it. let him catch it, which was crazy. And apparently he thought he they won the game on that, which I <laughs> I questioned what was going on in the on in the huddle there, but what can you say? <laughs> um but anyway, no, uh huge win for Valpo. Um coming off their uh, their two wins against Illinois State to get this game. And uh I mean, like we said, the theme with Bradley is gonna be uh it's, it's been a rough couple couple weeks. Yep. All right, let's move into uh, kind of the first game or the only game on January 30th, um, Northern Iowa at Southern Illinois. Um, not get into a lot of the details of the game, uh, but SAU played good defense in the first half, and then you and I in the second half had their best scoring half um, of conference play for them. Um, also kind of cool, uh, Titan Anderson, Titan, great name uh, for the Panthers, um, had his first game uh, for the Panthers after he had um, – surgery on the offseason he had six games and two steals and I know Panther fans are excited that um, really it was like he didn't sit out that he just came in and was an impact player right off of uh, surgery there in his first game back 
uh, Burhau, Bourne, and Carter had 54 of UNI's 62 <laughs> or not 74 points. Um, Noah Carter had his first double-double uh, going 21 and 12. Uh, for the Salukis, uh, another Damascus um, series for them. Um, Phil, which did a good job on five. So as a Saluki fan, I was very excited of that matchup just to see where the freshman um, uh, could go up against five and see uh, how he did. And I thought he, I thought he did a great job. Um, uh, Harvey had 10 and then uh, Dalton Banks for the Salukis also had 10. Um, in the, the next game, um, you and I uh, lost 68-71. to 71. That game was on ESPN2. So uh, this was the only split of uh, this past weekend, uh, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, SAU uh, got out to a hot uh, start. They were up 16 in the first half, uh, but you and I did not give up, and they fought back and got it within two and one very anxious Vance uh, watching this game on national TV um, if we were going to blow a 16-point lead. Um, but Lance Jones um, iced it late. Uh, Lance Jones, just Herculean effort for him. Um, he had a monster game, 27 points off of seven threes, um, and – SIU had 15 threes for the game. I was very impressed with Verplanken. He also had a game he had 14 points. Um, you and I didn't shoot the three very well. Uh, they were seven of 25, which is kind of uncharacteristic of them. And then also very uncharacteristic um, of a UNI team. They missed a ton of free throws. Um, so to, to lose by three, they went nine of 21 from the charity stripe, which, um, you know, you got to look back at that game and say, hey, we were down 16 and we were nine of 21 from the charity stripe. You know, it's probably a bad taste on their mouth because that was within striking distance. Um, but yeah, you know, for, as a Suki fan perspective, you know, a split is something you probably want out of this um, just later on the season. Um, it, it will likely be a lot of Thursday implications, and we and we previewed that last week that a sweep pretty much puts the the loser of that in that Thursday conversation or solidifies them. So um, you know, a split kind of keeps a lot of options open for both teams, just depending on how the rest of the season goes. Yeah, it was a. I think both teams were desperate to not lose both games. Um, I it definitely didn't feel like uh, Southern just didn't seem like they get it going in the second half of that first game and they couldn't just keep up. It felt like, um, and it was basically the better, the team that played better is the team that won. And I know that's like the most simplistic way of putting it, but I mean, in the second game, Southern played a lot better. And, um, in this Domascus era that Southern's going through right now, um, Lance Jones has got to be big time for them to win mm -hmm. basketball games. I think that we're, we're seeing that. And, and we've talked about Lance Jones all year. Um, if he can put up performances like this, I mean, the, I, I even po I, I pose the question to you. Um, is Lance Jones the best player on the Southern Illinois roster? And I include Omask in that. Yeah, and, and you texted me that, and I, I disagreed because uh, Damask just creates a lot of opportunities for the players around him, and he makes everyone better around him. But I do think that Lance can create more offense for himself than Damask. Um, so I, I get the observation. I mean, we even thought that last year because I would mm -hmm. venture to say Lance Jones had a better second half of the Valley season than no Damascus did. Uh, but I also think it was teams kind of figuring them out. But um, I think from a, 
he's a complimentary uh, player to the Slukies, but he can also create his own shot. So, I mean, he put the team on his back. So by no means, um, like comparing to Mask and Jones is, is tough. It's like comparing peanut butter versus jelly on the same sandwich. Um, but I think that um, he plays his role and he is picking up the slack. And I, and I really like that. Uh, Phil, which is the one that I'm just very excited about this future, having three more years with him. Um, you know, he went toe to toe with five. I know five went out in the second game um, and, and didn't play a lot of the, that, that second half, but he's coming along as a big man for the Slukies, which, you know, um, I'm excited to have a four man big or a, a four year big man um, to look at. Yeah, no, it's a, and to go back to Lance Jones real quick and, and Domask, I think it's the, I think you can make an argument either way. I, really, I think you can make a strong argument either way. And I don't, I, I can't fight you on the Domask choice, but it's a good problem to have. I mean, two yeah. young guys that are really good. And um, if that's your core, you could be doing a lot worse. Um, yeah, it's, they're, they're going through a tough time. I mean, let's face it, when you lose your best player, I mean, what was he? I think it was his first team all league last year. He was yep. uh, freshman of the year, newcomer of the year, everything. So um, it's tough. And, and Northern Iowa's been going through that too. Um, I really like a lot of the things their young guys are doing. Um, Bourne is when I watch him play, he he's impressed me. You know, every, the more I watch him, the more I'm impressed with him. And I think that he's a, he's got a really good, strong future there. The problem with Northern Iowa is their depth is just after, after guy seven, they're done. It's, yeah. it's tough. It's really tough for them. And, um, I know that's uh, – I know we're, we're kind of hard on Northern Iowa and, and for good reason because they're just not playing very well. But, um, I mean, this is, they're, in a, they're in just such a tough spot this year, and I don't want to hammer them too bad. They got they to gotta split against a team that I think is better than them. If, if Northern Iowa and Southern Illinois play 100 games, I think Southern wins more. And for Northern Iowa to go on the road and get a split, I think they should be happy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it was an away game and you guys split. I mean, there's just not – we haven't said split a lot on this podcast. No, we haven't. And I think that's – And that's we won't say it again. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the sweeps. Uh, Bradley uh, at Indiana State. Um, Holman Center, tough place to play, Baker, as the uh, Redbirds know. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> Bradley, uh, in the first game, uh, really close game here. Uh, Indiana State won 60 to 57. Uh, close game, uh, just kind of back and forth the whole game. Not a lot to hit on, uh, but Laravia hit a huge shot with a minute to go, and the Sycamores um, pretty much got a, a defensive stop, and that sealed the game for them. Um, for Indiana State, Laravia and Key had 12 points. Uh, Bradleyville, Tavanian had 17. Uh, first time this season, Childs was held to under 10 points, which is also a crazy stat for the Bradley Braves and just how much Childs means to that team. Um, in the second game, I keep wanting to say nightcap, but it's uh, the next day cap. Uh, Bradley uh, lost 55 to 67 to the Sycamores. Um, pretty much the Sycamores kept the game out of reach for them, uh, getting out early and uh, just just not a lot going on with this game. Um, he had 19, Cooper Nice had 11. Uh, for Bradley, the redshirt freshman, Rick Mast, had uh, 17, and Childs had 11, and Vil Tavanian had 11 as well. Baker, after this series, um, this is the tale of two paths. The Sycamores have won six straight, and the Braves have lost six straight. Um, I think a little bit has to do with Bradley um, has played eight games in 16 days, but a lot of teams have those issues as well. Um, kind of your thoughts on just the, the tale of two directions. Well, so let's start with Indiana state and, and before you get chirped by the rest of the listeners, I think it was um, there's seven out of eight right now. 
is uh, I think it's seven out of eight and six straight. Yes. Yeah, so just to even make it even more impressive. Um, Indiana state took care of business at home. And uh, this is a, this is not a team we're even, con- I'm not even considering them for Thursday at all anymore. Yep. Which the way they started this season, we were, we were kind of on that track and we were wondering what if they were going to turn around and they have um, give them credit. The first game was uh, it kind of felt like Bradley was, kind of all in on that first game and, and Indiana state found a way at the end to take, to, to come away with the win. And in the second game, it just felt like Indiana state kind of toward the middle of the second half, they kind of got a little bit of distance and Bradley could just never really cut into that gap. And it was just kind of, um, it just kind of felt like that slow death for Bradley. It yeah. really did. It was, it was, it, you just didn't see the comeback coming and it just, they kind of felt like they were playing flat. Um, so hats off to Indiana state. They're, uh, they're, that, They're rolling. It's crazy. They've, it's crazy. They've played 12 games. Um, as for Bradley, this is whew, whew, this is tough. Um, I know they're fighting some injuries, but as good as we thought they were, as good as Childs is, as good as some of the guys they have on this team, um, if you're a Bradley fan, you got to be pretty disappointed right now. I, it felt like that first game was kind of a gut punch to lose because I think that they really thought they were going to win that one. Mm-hmm. And then in the second game, like I said, toward the second half, it just felt like kind of a flat team. Um, that was kind of looking for an answer, the obvious answer, and couldn't get it. Um, it's it's really tough. I I it's like I want to give up on him, but there's part of me that's just like, God, could Bradley win six out of six out of eight to finish it? Maybe. Yeah. Oh Maybe. no, I mean, I don't want to totally. I don't want to totally write him off because, um, like looking at their schedule, it's like it's not totally out of the question, but. Man, I don't know. What do you think is going on with Bradley? I mean, it's just they're going through a rut. And it's, this, is, this is worse than the last couple of years. I think it's different um, this year for me mentally. It's just like they've had the beginning of the season ruts, and they figure out a way, you know, mm. over the course of the season. Um, now that it's, you know, the 1st of February, you know, if, if they start on the uptick, that's, that's great. And we know they're going to come to St. Louis and play well. I mean, that is well documented. Um, but it's not the trend you want right now. Um, and so it, it it's going to be interesting um, the, the next couple games for them. You know, are they going to find a way? I think they're uh, – this is – so they're missing Daryl Brown which, from last year, which he would have helped a lot this year um, to kind of right the ship. But the guy that I feel like – Nate Cannell, nobody's talking about either, is somebody they're missing. Like the intensity he brought, and and I think that that's missing. I – I thought Tava Nainen would kind of just step into that role, and, and we're missing that. We're missing that intensity that that I think we overlooked during the season that Canel brought. Like, I mean, it, it, like when you watch them play, I mean, he was in the mix of everything. Um, it's it's tough because I think their best player is Childs, but I can't do it all. And and you saw in the Valpo game where he had a great game, but just it couldn't get over the hump. And in these two games, it was just it's just been tough. So. Um, uh, Brian Wardle's got his work cut out for him because this is uh, this is a really tough spot to be in, and I I don't know what the what the future holds for Bradley. I mean, and they they've played you know what ten games, and I mean they're it's a team I never thought we'd even like say the Thursday word, but it's it's real. No uh, so let's move on to Valpo Evansville. This was Evansville's first series back after being down with COVID, um, and they they had a Great series. Uh, so first game, Evansville won 70 to 52. Um, friend of the show and guest on the show a lot. Uh, Harry was the commentator for this game. So that was pretty cool. Um, the Aces on ESPN Plus. 
the Aces scored the first seven points and pretty much never trailed in a wire-to-wire 70-52 victory. Uh, Givens had 19, Samari Curtis and Juwan Newton had 17. For the Crusaders, uh, Cricky had 18, Aaron Gordon had 13. In the next day's game, um, Evansville won 58-51. to These were a little bit two different teams here. The Aces were down 16 at one point and fought back to, uh, to get the W. Uh, in the first half, the Crusaders uh, went on a 19-4 to run to open up a 28-12 to lead. Um, the Aces got it under 10 before heading to the halftime break. Uh, there were some timely threes by uh, Evan Coleman and Levich. Uh, then with over a little three with a little over three minutes to play, the Aces went on a 7-0 run to get the game out of reach for the Crusaders. Um, a lot of balanced uh, scoring for the Aces. Um, interesting note here, Baker, uh, with the sweep by the Evansville Aces, uh, the Aces are over 500 at this point in the Missouri Valley Conference season for the first time in five years. Yeah, this was a big, uh, big couple of wins for Evansville. Uh, shout out to them for being uh, above 500 for this point in the season. Uh, this is something totally new for them, which is awesome. Um, as far as the games went, uh, took care of business in game one, uh, really, uh, Really wasn't a tough game for them. They kind of handled things with Valpo, um, which I was kind of surprised by. Valpo coming off uh, three in a row, this was kind of that stopper for them. Uh, but in game two, Valpo came out and kind of punched them in the mouth and uh, really took control of the game. And uh, this is what showed me that this is a different Evansville team, that they actually made the comeback in the second game, um, which is huge for them. Uh, we we can go on and on and talk about um, how much we love these guys on the Evansville team because, I mean, we – we, even though we're Southern Illinois State fans, we love Evansville, and we always have since we started the podcast. We've just had a soft spot for them. So uh, it's great to see them after 0-19 having such success this year. Shout out to Todd Licklider. He's doing a great job with them. Um, it, this is one of those games and one of those series that puts them at – this puts them at 6-4, and four, Vance, and I think that it takes them – they're starting to kind of take themselves out of the Thursday conversation, which – at this point in the season, I never thought I'd really be saying, especially if you took me back to the beginning of the year. So um, pretty awesome for Evansville. Absolutely. Um, I'm with you. Like, I mean, they're not out of the conversation. There's still a lot of basketball to get played, but um, they they can start getting a little comfort um, in, in just in being out of that conversation. All right. Yeah. Let's, and, go ahead. And, and the one thing I want to say is I, I think it was before, the only thing that kind of takes me back to Evansville – maybe still I don't want to totally take them out of Thursday is uh, they have eight games left against Loyola, Indiana state, Drake, and Missouri state. Ooh, arguably the top four teams in the league. So <laughs> that's murderer's um, road. <laughs> <laughs> so before, um, I, you know what, there's a soft spot in my heart for, for the purple aces, but I, ugh, that's a tough, that's a really, really tough run. Uh, yeah. And it just so happened they got it. So um a but, split yeah. splits will be their best friend. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the last series uh, that we will cover. We got or, two left. Or do we have two left? Sorry. Um, Illinois State and, and Drake. Let's just go to this one. So we have um, Illinois State traveling to Des Moines, Iowa, to number 25 ranked Drake. I'm at 16-0. Um, Baker, this first game, um, this was a what is going on game. Uh, first one of the Valley season in my mind. Uh, the Redbirds uh, started each half on 8-0 runs uh, after the second half run. 
Starting the second half, Drake went on a 17-0 run to take a 15-point lead. The Redbirds just continue to fight back, um, basically on the back of sophomore Antonio Reeves to force OT in overtime. Yusufu uh, had five of the seven overtime points for the Drake Bulldogs. That's all they needed to close the Redbirds out and help solidify the collective sigh across the Valley fandom. Baker, for you, I mean, it's got to be one of those games that – you love the fight, right? Well, I was cheering for the Redbirds. Like, let's. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pretend I wasn't. Um, I. It's good we're splitting these up because the first game was way different than the second one. The first game, um, that one three one that Illinois State was playing on defense, I think, kind of slowed up Drake enough where um, it, it didn't let Drake kind of get things rolling. And Illinois State shot the light. Reeves shot the lights out. He was awesome. I mean, the second half, when every time Drake would hit a shot, he'd come back and answer. He'd come back and answer. Come back and answer. And it was, it was a great effort by Illinois State, especially, you know. I mean, we were we were pretty critical. At least I was about the the tweet last week from Dan Muller, and you know, it, we I even said the time for talking is done. And um, it would have been nice to win this game as an Illinois State fan, but the fact that you went up against a team that's now in the top twenty five. And, you know, you've been struggling, but you came out and took them to overtime. And, you know, you had a shot to, to send a double, double overtime at the end. Horn, uh, he got a look. Uh, yep. And, and, you know, I know some of the Redbird fans wanted the whistle blown there. They're not going to – they're not blowing the whistle there. No, <laughs> no official in the country is blowing that whistle. It, it, it might have been a foul. I don't know if you saw Vance, but um, – I did not see a foul. 99.9% uh, of officials are swallowing that one. That That's just – they're not taking that – blowing that whistle. But – um great game um i was really happy with the redbird effort um in the second game however woof yeah um real quick kind of funny like weird eerie thing that happened so um just in my professional career this is just one of those times of year that is relatively busy so i was kind of doing some work and watching the game in the background and i actually had the valpo evansville game on because i was watching harry cover the game and then all of a sudden i didn't touch anything on my phone but just switched over to this game because i had no idea this was going on because i was watching that valpo evansville game and i didn't because i no offense baker i thought this was gonna blow out I was like, I know Baker's going to be watching this game for the podcast, so I'm just going to watch some of these other <laughs> games. And But, like, seriously, my phone just turned on this game, and I was like, what is going on? And I remember texting you, like, late in that game, and I was like, what is happening? Because I would, this wasn't even on my radar, Baker. So, I'm, I mean, for Illinois State, that's something you can um, hang your hat on for just how you fought in this first game. Yeah, and you know what? Now we can I, – I even said this out on Twitter – um, and we'll talk about this next game as well. But now that this series is over, I can finally cheer for Drake. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't get into it, but I mean, Reeves had career high. I mean, 27 Reeves points. was awesome. Reeves was awesome. I, and that's, that's the one that one really nice. Like, if you look at Illinois State's, their young core, they've got a really strong young core with Washington, Flemings, Reeves, and Horn. And, and they really showed up in this in that first game. And let's just get in the second game. Let's just get over with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, um, long story short, um, ISU lost 60-95. Uh, to 95. Uh, Drake righted the ship and basically just pounded your Redbirds. Uh, Baker, um, they never trailed in the game. Uh, Tremel Murphy had 30. Hemphill had 18. Uh, Reeves had another great night with uh, 20 for the Redbirds. Yeah, it was a tough game. Um, Brody. He was – Yeah, he was great too. 
Yeah, what a series. Um, he wasn't good. He wasn't. As, he he had a great first game. Um, he had twenty in the first game. Yeah, sorry. which is why he's I just new. Want to he's, mention, I yeah, want to he's newcomer of the week. Yep. Yeah, yep. He wasn't. He wasn't strong in the first, in the second game. That was more the Tremel Murphy game. But uh, it was funny. Uh, shout out to our friend Nick. Uh, I was joking with him. I, I don't think it really mattered who had a big game in that second one because I mean Drake just beat the brakes off him. It was. Uh, I mean. It, uh, the this is the this is it's kind of like the two tails of Illinois State fandom. It's like we go into a game, we have a great effort, you know, don't win the game, but then come back and play another top team in the league, lose by thirty plus, and it's just, it's it's tough. Um, but it, it was to me one thing that I want to mention about Drake, and we can say as many good things about this team, but for them to become a top twenty-five team, and on the same day that they're finally in the top twenty-five to just beat the brakes off somebody. It was kind of a statement for me. It wasn't yep. they weren't necessarily playing a great team, but they made sure to show everybody, hey, we're a top 25 team now. Do you think there's something to be said in that first game, um, Baker, just going back to it, is that there's certain there's going to be teams in the Valley that, you know, um, Illinois State's one of them, um, kind of in that lower tier. You know, there's – I mean, my team is there currently. Um, there's something to – Drake, when you're the hunted, you're getting the best – from everyone I mean everyone brings their their a game but everyone's gonna throw their weird stuff the 131 to get try and get that one win and get that little spotlight um you know I I just think that's that's something about being the hunted right and I think that's a little bit what happened in that game one I I wonder if uh from the Drake perspective if this was kind of the wake-up call that they got you know let's not overlook anyone let's not get too too big because I mean that was two emotional games they were coming off of against Missouri State and then I mean let's face it you have the the worst team in the league coming in to yeah. your home building I mean that's it's 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 easy to take your foot off the gas especially as a college kid but um I think yeah. the second game they kind of said okay um the first game they kind of they kind of hit us and stunned us a little bit we still got the win now in the second game we're going to show who we are Yep, absolutely, and I'm glad. That, and I'm glad they did just to get that kind of national stage back on. Them I'm because, not glad they did, Vance. Well, but. I'm sorry. I shouldn't <laughs> have said we, but there we go. But um, hey, you know, I'm glad you you said it because I 100% scrolled past this game, which I think this is going to be a theme that I'm getting ready to talk about uh, with, with this series that happened. Is I was actually supposed to talk about the Loyola Missouri State series after the SIU U and I series, but in my notes, I kept scrolling accidentally uh but anyway uh this series um it, this was a sunday monday series as well um loyola missouri state uh, loyola won this series by a combined 46 points um no small matter there so Loyola went in the road the first game they won 72 to 46 absolute beat down baker Loyola mm-hmm. was up 41 16 at half and that's pretty much all they needed uh, they held uh, Missouri State to 27% shooting from the field. Kretwick had 18. Clemens had 12. Um, no one from Missouri State had double-digit points. In the second game, Loyola had a 20-point uh, win, winning 70-50 to 50 over the Bears. Uh, this is a tough turnaround for the Bears because after pounding, you know, you kind of want to see them come out and fight a little bit. But the Ramblers got out quick and had a 14-2 lead just – once you turned around and blinked your eyes, uh, the Bears did get it back within four, but the second half, Loyola jumped on the Bears early and really just kept it out of reach. Krutwick had 19, Ugak had 12, for the Bears, Sharp had a season-high 21, and Isaiah Mosley had 16. The Bears have lost four straight. Um, I, I said it kind of in the opening, and as we were talking a little bit about the Valley, it's 100% a two-team league right now, in my opinion. 
Um, but this, I think Loyola is flying under the radar a little bit. Um, they're beating the mess out of teams. And I know Drake is getting the shine, as they should. But Loyola is a really good team, Baker. Yeah, they really are. And they uh, – we talked uh, kind of about it, about Illinois State when they kind of came out and – you know, shocked Drake by, you know, coming out and fighting him. Um, this was one of those, uh, if you're a boxing fan or an MMA fan, they got him early and they got him often. And it was, this was over early, both games. And it was, I wonder if the emotion of losing those two games to Drake had a lot to do with Missouri State getting thumped twice. Mm-hmm. So I think Missouri State's a pretty good team, but Prim, Prim wasn't very good in either game. Like he, he had a bad series, like Crutwig, Crutwig very, very much outplayed him in both games. And, Prim wasn't even a factor in these two games, which I was shocked by because I know how how, much, how high we both are on Prim. Um, impressive, really impressive two wins for Loyola. There's a, they kind of lumped together because they really were similar games where Loyola just they got after him early and just kind of went away and won the games in the second half. It was it was quite impressive. All right, well, this has been the past games from Thursday, January 28th through Monday, February 1st. Let's get into power rankings. All right, Valley fans, like we do every week, we want to get into a little power rankings. Probably not a lot of big shifts at the top um, just because Drake and Loyola kind of held serve here, but kind of curious where Baker's head's at on some of those lower lower uh, teams, you know, as we've talked about in this series, um, I think there's definitely a separation at the top. Drake and Loyola is on a different level than teams three through ten. But Baker, um, I'm assuming you're leading with Drake because they have not lost. Yes, I am leading with the Drake Bulldogs, and I uh, that's a really tough one because Loyola is so friggin' impressive against Missouri State. Um, but like I said last week, Drake hasn't lost, so they're not moving. Um, your thoughts? Yeah, no, I'm with you on Drake, and I'm assuming um, Loyola is number two. Can I just go ahead and break that news to our listeners? Yes, Loyola is number two. It's uh, it was a, t- I mean, you could you could make a case either way. Yeah. So um, here's one thing that I'm very curious about because I I think we're both on different spectrums here. If you had to bet on a team that was going to win the conference regular season. Would you take Drake or Loyola at this point in time? I would take Drake because Drake has no losses and Loyola has one blemish on their resume. Um, If they both had the same record, I think I might take Loyola, though. Would you say the same thing for Arch Madness? Arch Madness is – you're putting me on the spot. Arch Madness, it's going to be a lot – you got to pick one or the other. Only two teams. Give me Drake. Give me me Drake. Loyola – Loyola has had a – they didn't do well, Arch Manis, so I'm going to go with the recency bias on this one. Drake did well last year. Loyola didn't, so Drake. Interesting. And I know you're opposite on both probably. I'm absolutely opposite on both of those. Why um, are you opposite on both? I just think Loyola is just beating the mess out of teams. And, and I know – and I'm probably more of a recency bias, you know, using your terminology here, is that, I mean, it took everything for Drake to beat a really bad Illinois State team, and Loyola just keeps rolling teams. And I know they have the blemish, um, but just, I mean, it's February 3rd. We got a little bit of a month left. Um, They're rolling. um, No, 
Uh, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I if if I was a betting man, I would take Loyola in both categories. Yeah, um, really interesting matchup for Loyola coming up, which we'll get into shortly, um, because I think that they're. I think I think Loyola better be careful this weekend. Um, yep. Let's go so, on number three. Let's go to number three. It's Indiana State Sycamores. I don't think there's any doubt in anybody's mind. Um, they beat Bradley twice. They have been just – they've been white hot. Seven out of eight, they have been on fire. I don't think there's any argument from you on that, I'm assuming. Nope, none. The next one I'm going to have – and this is – so this is where it gets really tough. So I have the top three, and and I, you can jump in any time here, by yeah. the way. Um, I have the top three, and one, two, and three I think are a lock to avoid Thursday. Fair? Yes. Yeah, okay. fair. I have the 10 seed, which I'm going to jump ahead. The 10 I have is Illinois State. And I think they're right now they're a lock for Thursday at two and nine. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So now for the four through nine, I think any of these teams could finish on Thursday. Uh, that's so fair. Just to kind of put a just kind of put perspective around this. So number four right now I have Evansville. Coming off of the sweep against Valpo after Valpo just won three in a row. Yep. Evansville came in, got two wins. Um, I think that they're in the driver's seat to avoid Thursday. They've been looking really, really good. Um, the comeback win, I think, was what put them over the top for me. Um, at number five, I have Missouri State, which was a really tough one for me because I wanted to put them I, – I thought they probably should be lower, but then when I look at the teams below them, I can't put any of them higher than Missouri State. And let's face it, Missouri State lost their last four, but they played the literally the two best teams in the league. So mm-hmm. um, then now this is where it gets really hard because you have the – you have four teams where you can interlock them any way you want. Um, at number six, this is going to be the, the hard one for me. Um, I'm going to put Valpo. And the reason I'm going to put Valpo, they won against Bradley, and I think that was a big win. Um, really disappointed they couldn't beat Evansville, but they, had, they have won three out of five going back five games. So, um, and they haven't played a lot of games yet. They're only three and five in the league. They got a lot of opportunities to get wins out there. So I have them right now as that sixth spot. At number seven, I am going to have your Southern Illinois Salukis. Um, and I think that might surprise you a little bit just because of how they looked in that first game, but I'm assuming Damask is coming back. And if he does, this is a different team. They've only played eight games this year. I think that they, I think they will write the ship. Lance Jones has been impressive with Damask. I think defensively, they're really good. Um, and then at seven and eight, I have numbers. I have number seven. I'm going to have Northern Iowa. Um, or I'm sorry, this will be number eight as Northern yeah. Iowa. Um, I thought I have Northern Iowa just a touch under Southern because I think Southern's a better team. And at number nine, I have Bradley. You can't – it's hard to argue them being any higher than number nine. And I never thought I'd say that, but it's just – this is where we're at. Your thoughts? Your SIU over UNI is interesting. Um, for okay. me, I, if we were doing this live and on video, um, people would have seen me kind of react like, oh, interesting um because i i would have thought you would have flip-flopped those two um, i can't balk at a lot of these um because i think your disclaimer that pretty much four through nine some could get out of thursday some couldn't yeah um, you be by the way with your northern iowa southern argument if you told me today that damask will not play another game this year for southern illinois those flip instantly they would probably go to nine to be honest Southern, no, Southern go to eight because Bradley's been just terrible. Yeah. And Southern at least got to win. Um, yeah. No, I mean, Southern and Northern Iowa would flip. I just think I, 
until I hear Domask isn't coming back, I still think they're a better team, and I think that they will get it going. I, no, I, I hope you're right. Um, I think that it's an interesting time of the season that I haven't done it for this podcast, but maybe for uh, next week, is that you really got to start looking at future planning of what games are left and probably specifically what teams have Drake and Loyola left. Um, so, you know, I was looking at SIU because I was like, oh, you know, that's kind of nice of you, Baker. But, you know, we've gotten through Drake. We've played Indiana State already. Um, so, you know, really we have Loyola, you know, kind of lurking out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, I think that the schedule starts really is going to start playing into this for your future weeks, Baker. So maybe start doing a little homework on, uh, what schedules are left. Yeah, no, that's a good, that's a really good point. I think it's just for my power rankings is usually what I'll do is that's just kind of my feeling on that day. Yeah. Um, where if I, if these two teams are going to play against each other, what do I think they're going to do? And I mean, is it, I think the biggest part about this is Bradley's number nine. I, I agree. And like, um, it's who, we, there's no way I would have thought that at the beginning of the season we were ever going to see Bradley lower than like fifth. You know, they, I mean, this we is were insane. We were talking about it. Bradley was on their own tiers, like 1A, 1B with Loyola and Drake. At, or actually, you and sorry, not even Drake. Drake wasn't even really in that either. It was Loyola and you and I. And then, you know, we kind of had this like weird tier of Bradley. And then we had, you know, Drake after that. So it's just crazy how this season is going. But what's kind of, recap where the actual standings are like I agree with you and and sometimes when I look at these power rankings I kind of start playing the Thursday game so I need to get Mm -hmm. that out of my head but let's see where we're actually at and we you know we've gone back and forth on this podcast of we're not really talking conference standings you know the last you know handful of podcasts because it's just so hard Mm -hmm. with you know the the imbalance of games played but I think we're there we're almost at we're we're halfway through the season um, for uh, almost every team so let's just get into it. Uh, Drake, head of the Valley, no, no losses um, in conference play or in any type of play. Uh, they are 17-0. I think I've said everything from 13-0 to 16-0. They are 17-0. Uh, Loyola in second place at 10-1. Um, then there's a four-game gap between Loyola and Evansville, who is 6-4. and four. And then we have Indiana State, which is 7-5. and five. Missouri State, 5-5. Five and five. Valpo there's now a two game gap between Missouri State and Valpo Valpo is three and five Bradley three and seven Northern Iowa three and seven SIU two and six and then we have Illinois State at two and nine okay so we are at February the third right now and I'm going to put you on the spot who's playing who's playing who at Arch Madness let's go through it I want to know your like the whole bracket like yeah let's talk the bracket real quick yeah let's do it um jeez. no it, don't cheese me We're, <laughs> let's no i'm serious so i i think let's just get it out of the way loyola drake one and two they're getting the buys no doubt about it i want to know where if who's your thursday teams and who's your three six four five okay my thursday teams as of february 3rd i will take and I wish I had schedules up because I think future schedules play way more into this. But, you know, gun to my head, Illinois State, Southern, Valpo, and Northern Iowa. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So then you have – okay, so you have Bradley avoiding it. I do. Okay. So you think they're winning six out of, six out of them. So you think Bradley's the sixth then? I'm assuming. I you do. Have, so, yep. you, so you have Evansville 
finding a way to get wins in that murderer's yep. row. Okay. That's the interesting Oh, I forgot about Evans. Oh, I forgot about Evansville's. No, no, no. And, and so I was thinking about that. And it's like, I think to avoid Thursday, you need nine. I think yeah. nine gets it done. Yeah. I think nine will get it done. So Evansville's got to find three wins against the top, against the top four. They got to find three wins in what? In eight games. Eight games. I like their chances. I think they find, I think they find the three. I really Okay. Do. Okay. Um, no, that was just my, I was just curious where you're at. Just, just kind of looking at the standings just to kind of have something to talk about. We next week, we are going to do a full rundown. Who's playing who to finish the season. Um, Vance is going to pull up who's pl- who, who has the top teams left, what the schedule looks like, kind of matchups and things like that. And um, we're going to really do a huge deep dive on the standings themselves. It's, it's a better, still more educated guess. I put you on the spot and that was unfair of me. No, you're you fine. The schedule, but it's just interesting to think about like, like Evansville, I like I think nine is the magic number. I don't think a 500 team this year with as kind of muddled the middle is, I think a 500 team is going to avoid Thursday no matter what. Yeah. And I just think it's tough because you still have, I mean, Indiana State's played 12 games and you've got, you know, Valpo's played eight, Southern's played eight. It's yep. still kind of tough. Or Drake's played eight. Sorry. The mm-hmm. leader of the pack is, yep. has played eight. No and doubt. so it, it's still tough. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at today. Um, Okay, so I got one more. I got one more hypothetical type conversation. This is kind of off the reservation, but we're whatever. We're gonna do it anyway. We let's talk about Drake and how many losses they can have the rest of the way. Ooh, how many losses do you think that they can have in the Missouri Valley regular season the rest of the way? And let's assume they lose to, they're gonna to lose to a good team at Arch Madness. If we're talking at largest, um, okay. to me, I think they can. I think that they can have two losses for sure. Yeah, two losses, and they got to get to. Um, depending on who the losses are, I think, in my opinion, um, they've yeah. got to get to the semis or championship. If they're at two losses and those teams, they can't lose the quarterfinals. Correct. Yeah, they can't. Yeah, pull of um, Loyola, you and I. Uh, but anyway, um, <laughs> two. So you think two? Two is it, and they've got to be the right losses. Yeah, I agree. I think they can lose. It's going to – that that Loyola series, and we're going to talk about it next week because that will be the big preview we'll do for the Loyola-Drake series. But this is – to me, I think they almost have to go 16-2 and 16 and two in the regular season, find a way to get to um, – I mean, that would put them at 20 – what would that be? 25-2 and two for the regular yeah. season. Yep. Um, be hard to take them out of the tournament, but – I think, but Baker, I mean, this is a great conversation that we're having just as Valley fans. We should, be, we should be excited about this. If the season stopped right now, Missouri Valley has two teams in, in my Without opinion. Without a doubt. Without there, a doubt. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And so how, how awesome is that as a Valley fan that we're having that conversation after so many years of being a one-bid league, you know, in a row? It is, it is. But now I flip it over to you. I mean, there's, there's kind of like that nervousness now as a Valley yeah. fan because we haven't been here in a while and I don't know about you I feel like this is a, an incredibly important year for the Missouri Valley to try to get two teams because we're trying with conference realignment I mean yep. the news keeps popping up every single day the Valley kind of needs to put their staple become that multi-bid league again and, and I keep, need, this needs to happen now because we've had how many years in a row without it and I think this past weekend was like a big one and and like I said no offense to the Illinois State fans out there but how many people were relieved 
that Reeves didn't go off as much as he did in the overtime. You know, I mean, seriously, like no, that was you're... that was the would have been the biggest letdown, and it's that bad loss that you see on people's resumes. Whereas if they lose or split, um, even if they get swept by Loyola, I mean, I don't think it's the end of the world. No. I mean, th- as long as they don't get blown out by fifty in a combined two game series. But, I mean, we just – we got to watch out for those bad losses. And I truly don't think a Loyola or an Indiana State loss is circled in red, in permanent red, as a bad loss. No, I think, I think you're right. I think the Drake continues to pile up wins. They're going to stay in that national conversation. I mean, Joel Lenardi's got him as an eight, so that's, that's kind of where he is. I think Loyola, for me, it's a little different. Um, mm. I think that if you – even though Drake's undefeated, I think people people nationally are starting to kind of come around to Loyola being the better team, yep. especially in a lot of people's minds. But um, do they need to beat Drake? They got to. Um, you think so? You think so? So to do you be think honest, two, Baker, so two loss. Yeah, I. You know what? I think if they get swept by Drake, I think that that just will destroy them because they because yep. they'd have three losses in the valley, and they would have to win Arch Madness. You're right. I I, I actually think they ha- they absolutely have to win that for the valley's sake. The best case scenario is a split. Yes, absolutely. It needs at this to split. point is we we need to split. We need two super competitive. If if either team gets swept, we need both games to be extremely competitive. Yep, five under I think five, we, or five points margin of victory combined. Sure, sure. And I think we'll get that because I think both teams are elite. They're really good teams. Like these are teams when you look at them, how good their guard play is. They um, loyal obviously with Crutwig is the really good big, but Brody's come along coming a long way. Um, this is gonna, they're going to be tough outs in the NCAA tournament. Absolutely. All right, Valley fans. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about the big men. You know, obviously, Crutwig, rightfully so, is getting some national attention as one of the best big men in the country. Um, the, the Valley has just good big men. So that's one of our topics uh, we want to talk about today. So we're just going to go five through one on the big men of the Valley. So, Baker, give me your fifth. All right. So, my f- number five big man in the Missouri Valley, and I've been high on him for a couple of years now, and it's going to be Gage Prim from Missouri State. He's my fifth best big man in the Missouri Valley. All right. So, where are you um, at with five? <laughs> at five, I actually have um, your uh, Mahorsik at five. Wow. Wow. Yep. yep. Okay. Um, I think he's just been in all he's been in all the major stat lines. He's very <laughs> instrumental. He's kind of a glue guy for you guys. Reeves is having is balling out. And I think the reason Reeves is getting a lot of openings is he's he is because of Mahorsik. Yeah, no. I, I think Mahorsik's playing above and beyond what he what we thought he would be, especially um without having Fisher in there. It's he's kinda had to carry the load down low. So um don't totally hate it. Um number four right now I have uh Brody. He's he's been coming on the scene and um, I don't know if I'm a little low. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. But um, he's starting to – he's kind of evolved from the guy that you didn't want to screw it up for the guards and just mm-hmm. kind of be that guy in the middle, stay out of foul trouble, and just keep you in games. And now he is becoming a factor, which is scary. For them. Yep. Who do you got for? I have five. Austin five. Austin five. Okay. So, interesting enough, your four and five are not on my list. I know. Um, so I, I don't want to, this is like, you've already said Brody, Brody, I was between him and Mahorsik, but uh, Mahorsik just like kind of means more to Illinois state. So I just kind of gave fair. it um, totally fair. to him. Totally yep. fair. 
it's a, hey, it's everybody's opinion. Um, you uh, any thoughts on Fife? Just uh, you thought that he's come around, I assume. I think he's come around. I mean, he's very integral to um, struggle. Struggle early. He's struggling here. I really struggled because he really didn't play a lot of the second half of the second game uh, against SIU. So he's kind of like starting to fall. But I mean, preseason first team, you know, I just yeah. got to give him some love. I have a feeling you forgot somebody. But... I have a feeling I did too. Okay. By the way, this is six, eight and taller is what we went with for a big man. So number right. three, I have Elijah Childs for Bradley. Okay. Um, I don't have enough good things to say about Elijah Childs, but um, he's one of uh, – he's had one heck of a career in the Missouri Valley, and uh, it's it's going to be disappointing when he leaves. Yep. Um, I have Gage Prem. You have Gage Prem at number three. Okay. And, and we both love him. So, yep. Um, he is one he – has, his footwork is awesome. I mean, yeah. when he has it going, you and I have talked about it in the past. Like, he's just so smooth. Um, at number two, this is the one I think that you forgot. Jake Laravia at Indiana State is my number two big man in the league. Um, I think that I was, I was off on him. I, I was not as high on him as I thought I was going to be. Um, and yeah, he's the, he's my number two big man in the league. Um, man, he's going to be, he's going to have some, he's going to have some looks for possibly first, second team here in the Valley for sure. Um, this season, I've been really impressed with him. I will confirm what your observation was on me. Um, I 100% forgot about Laravia, but you know what? I, I'll still I'll still roll with my five. Um, <laughs> my number two is <laughs> Elijah Childs uh, from the Bradley Braves. We've already talked about him. Um, I mean, he he is the Bradley Braves right now. I know they're struggling, lost six in a row, but I mean, he's keeping them in games. And I mean, the first game I think of the series was the first time he scored under ten points this season. So I mean, he's he is Bradley Braves right now. All right, so number one's pretty easy. It's Crutwick for yep. both of us, and he's been awesome all year. He's in the national conversation. He's another one that's going to be disappointing when we see him leave the league because he's been so good, so instrumental to Loyola. But now I'm now I'm going to put it back on you. Um, now that you know Laravia and you realize Laravia, um, Mahorsik obviously drops off. Where do you put Laravia? Do you have him ahead of Childs or do you have him right behind Childs? Uh, I still have him behind Childs. I, I just think Childs means more. Do you have um, Laravia at three then? I do. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting though. I think, uh, I think what this shows, and this is something all listeners out there can kind of talk about with their friends and just kind of beat around and it's, it's a fun conversation, but there's such a good group of big men. Like there's another guy that we hadn't even mentioned, Cricky at Valpo. Yeah, has had some really good showings um, this year. Uh, I he he was kind of on my honorable mention as kind of somebody I was even thinking about. Man, if only I could have seen him play a few more games, he would have been kind of in the conversation. But uh, right now, they, there's so much good guard play. But I think getting it does get overlooked sometimes how good the big men are in this league. I'm not gonna lie, I was looking it up. I didn't realize Little Ravia was six nine. I was like, did he meet our six eight uh, criteria? <laughs> uh, I was like, uh, I, you know, I'm so just. So I gone. texted you earlier today, and I said six eight, and I made sure to. I was starting to like look through the rosters, and I had I had a feeling who I wanted. I was like, I'm gonna double check and make sure everybody's six eight. Yeah, yeah I know. I'm doing that now. I just honestly, uh, he's listed as a guard forward for Indiana State, so I just kind of kept moving. Uh, to That's be okay. really, honest. I forgive you. Um, you know, one, another honorable mention for me that, um, is, is having a, a big impact too is, um, and this is definitely a homer, but I think he's going to be in the freshman, um, fr uh, freshman team conversation is Phil, which for Southern, I mean, he's having a, a great season for them and, uh, picking up some of the scoring that, uh, Damask, uh, left off. No question. All 
All right, Valley fans, let's get into this weekend's games that start on Saturday, February 6th. Um, Let's get to the the first one here, Uh, Drake at Valparaiso. They're going to the arc, uh, number 25, Drake. Baker, thoughts? Before before I get into that, um, how cool is that Saturday, Sunday? All 10 teams will be playing. It was awesome this past weekend. I know, but I'm just looking at it again, and it's – it, it's cool. it's two days in a row this time. Like last weekend, we only had one day like this. So we got two in a row. And it, what a yeah. way to what a way to get ready for the Super Bowl. But sorry, I know I know you jumped out, Drake. Drake Valpo. Um, this is a sneaky tough game for Drake going to Valpo. Um, if they play, if Valpo plays their their really good game, they can give Drake uh, give Drake some trouble. But I I still think Drake's just too good. They're gonna sweep. Um, I think it's going to be that first game if they do it. Um, Valpo coming off a two-game sweep, uh, Evansville, that's tough. So they're going to be hungry. Um, I, yeah, I, I think it's a sweep because, like, how can you go against Drake right now? Especially, I mean, the talent levels, it's, there's, a, there's a big difference. Uh, like, Valpo's just going to have – Valpo has to play their best. And even then, I, I don't know how that's good enough. It's, it's really hard to see Valpo beating Drake. All right, we've got Evansville going to the Genteel Arena, uh, playing the Loyola Ramblers. I think this is where Evansville hits a little bit of a buzzsaw here, and uh, Loyola is going to sweep. I think Loyola sweeps them, but don't overlook Evansville, Loyola, because if Evansville shoots yep. the lights out, you found out firsthand if Evansville's shooting the lights out, <laughs> um, they can give you problems. So. Um, I don't think uh, just looking at the two teams, I, I don't think Evansville matches up very well against Loyola, but um, like, don't let Evansville get hot because they can hang around and that's not what you want against a team like that. But yeah, Loyola sweep. Missouri state going to Redbird arena. Um, Missouri state coming off four uh, losses here, but to the best teams, um, I think Missouri state gets back uh, right. And I think they're sweeping Baker. Yeah, I think Illinois State's getting swept in this one. I think Missouri State got got a little shell-shocked against Loyola after the emotional games against Drake. I think they find it going to Missouri State. Um, it's an easy one for their coach, who Dana Ford, former Redbird. It's an easy one to get his team motivated for, hey, this is my old gym. Let's go and win some games. So um, I think Missouri State gets on back on track. And these are two games they desperately need to stay in that top echelon of the conference. Um, these are games, this is the opportunity. Like, I mean, when people look at the schedules and they see Illinois State, which this is the hard part for me as an ISU fan, but like everyone's going to look at their schedule and say, hey, do we still have Illinois State left? These are games we need to get them. So, um, yeah, I think Missouri State gets them. Yeah, I think uh, moving up to the next uh, series, I think whenever we do a d- little bit of a deeper dive on the schedules next week, um, we're going to look back at this series and say this had a lot of um, impacts implications on the final season standing so it's going to be southern illinois heading to carver arena to play the bradley braves who desperately need a win i'm hoping for a sweep here for my salukis uh we not a lot of success at carver i think you're getting a split yep because i i I'm close. This is the crazy. I can't believe I'm saying this, but and I'm gonna get chirped for it. But I'm closer to a Southern Illinois sweep than a Bradley sweep. Interesting. I, I've lost a lot of faith in Bradley. Um, I don't. I haven't totally lost faith because I know they have enough guys. Like Child's still awesome, and they've proven they've won two Arch Madness in a row. But um, 
I and I don't know. Do we know? Do we, have we heard anything on Domask? Uh, we don't. Um, I think he'll be back, but there's um, they're playing that one pretty uh, close to the chest. And so if they're it's leading on like he's going to play, he's probably not going to play. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm going to say I'm just going to say split. I think Bradley finds a way to get that that win, but uh, uh, Bradley needs to sweep this series badly. Yep. And then um, Indiana State is going to the McLeod Center uh, playing the Northern Iowa Panthers. This is a very interesting one for me. I think Indiana State has been at home, I think, the last four games. So they got to go on the road for the first mm-hmm. time in a while. Um, I think it's a split. I agree. I actually think there's a split here too. Um, Northern Iowa, I think Northern Iowa is going to get the first one. Indiana State's going to get the second one. And that'll just yep. be what it is. And uh, – yeah, uh, Northern Iowa's got some players. I mean, they got they've got enough to win, and eventually Indiana State's going to lose a game. I mean, we don't. There's a reason we don't have them in the top two tier. There's right. there's a reason they're out of that. So um, they can be beat a little more easily than the other two. So yeah, I think that they go on the road, they lose one at Cedar Falls. Um, got to remember, fans are in the attendance at Cedar Falls, so it's a little different atmosphere than some of the playing on the road, maybe in Illinois or or depending on where you're playing at. So um, yeah, I, I say split too. All right, now we got some travel partner games uh, on Wednesday the 10th. Um, not, travel buddies. Oh, jeez. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> the Battle of Iowa, we have Northern Iowa going to the Knapp Center, uh, playing number 25 ranked Drake. Uh, real quick here, though, Baker, that was pretty cool um, against Illinois State. Like, fans, they impacted a little bit of the game. It was uh, interesting just to be able to hear that, and it wasn't piped in um, fan noise. So I think uh, it'll be interesting here because both teams have had fans there, but Drake will still be on a little bit of a high here. So uh, I think Drake wins against Northern Iowa. Yeah, it's at Drake. I think that this – it'll be different when they go to Cedar Falls, but in Des Moines I think Drake handles them pretty convincingly. Agreed. Um, this is not their traditional travel partner, but we're getting a game in. Bradley is going to the Arc to play the Valparaiso Crusaders. Yeah. Um, so weird. Is this not the weirdest thing ever that they're literally were just there, played a double overtime game and, Oh, Hey, next week you're gonna go right back to that same gym and you're going to play another game. Um, Valparaiso, Indiana is hard to get to from Bradley too, because it's hard from uh, where we live. Yeah. Um, I guess Valpo. I don't know. I'm taking Valpo. It's, uh, it's I can't I I'd like to know what Valpo looks like against Drake and Bradley looks like against your Salukis this weekend before I pick this game, but I guess Valpo. Yep. Um, these are the travel partners. Uh, Southern Illinois is going to Missouri State. They're playing the JQH Arena. I'm taking the Salukis on this one. I'm going to take Missouri State if Damask is back and. They play well, get some momentum against Bradley, different story. But um, I think Missouri State's right in the wrong. They're going to win their two games at Illinois State. And they're actually, I think they're going to win three in a row here. So um, Missouri State's back on track after these. All right. That's been previewing the games. Uh, looking forward to it. As Baker said, I'm excited all teams are playing this weekend. We got two, two, two days of it, which is awesome, uh, right before the Super Bowl. And uh, I, I will be sending myself into a Buffalo cheese dip. Um, coma beforehand maybe a little beanie weenies i don't know 
then Baker's going to make some homemade pizzas. So, um, yeah, you really just can't beat this weekend. Um, I, I definitely can say I'm more excited about Valley Hoops than I am the Super Bowl, but excited that we, we still have games to talk about. You know, when we were first starting this uh, podcast this season, we didn't know if we'd get to, you know, game double-digit conference games. So I'm just excited we have double-digit uh, games to talk about this weekend. Yeah, no, for sure. This is uh... – it's a like I'm I mean we do a Valley podcast so obviously I'm more excited about the Valley hoops than the Super Bowl but um it's just a hell of a good sports weekend for everybody out there and uh go Chiefs all right this has been episode 19 of the March the Arch podcast in this 2020-2021 Missouri Valley Conference season we previewed games we talked bigs we talked about past week's games uh as always baker gave his power rankings um in the interim before next thursday baker where can people find us yeah you guys can find us on uh, twitter at march arch pod at march arch baker march the arch podcast.com is our website um should be some fun stuff going up there soon um yeah keep uh keep interacting love uh hearing from all you guys out there and uh yeah just enjoy the valley uh valley hoops enjoy the super bowl have a safe uh safe super bowl weekend and with that go valley Start talking about the valley. Why not?